Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast. We are excited to break down some football games this weekend, Eric McLean. Come on, Kelly Gramlick, let's go. But first, I just found out something that Mac hates mint chocolate chip ice cream, and I don't even know what to do with that information. <laughs> well, the good th- the good thing is uh, we both do not like coffee flavored ice cream. That that would probably be the tipping point of the relationship. We can agree on yeah, something. Yeah, if, if we you know couldn't figure that part out, but we can. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, you know, it's like, am I at the dentist or am I eating chocolate chip? Oh. Which which one, what is it? I, I don't want to do both. So I avoid the mint chocolate chip for sure. The disrespect. <laughs> is that like your the number disrespect. one? Is that your number one ice cream? Yeah, I think so. I think wow. if I had to pick one. Man, that's so good to know. Is that weird? That's so No, it's just good to know. It's good to know. I mean, I like But I will never classics. go to an ice cream place with you ever. Oh, dang. <laughs> that hurts. I like the classics. I like... Cookie dough, cookies and cream, like those are all good. Okay. But I love some mint chocolate chip. What What's Nick's favorite? Don't say he likes oh, it too. He, oh, no. He, well, first of all, he eats ice cream every day. <laughs> he loves ice cream. Blessed. I know. Must be nice, right? Must be nice. Um, he eats a variety of things. Okay. He'll get the Ben and Jerry's and just a variety of like all the chocolate stuff in there. Cookie dough, the Tonight dough, the, um, you know, all that stuff. All the Ben and Jerry's. I've got to tell you, you, you guys have a, a Whole Foods relatively close, right? In Greenville? Oh, right. Right okay. down the street. So there's dangerous. this, maybe you have it there. I hope you have it there. there. There's this brand called Milk. Have you ever heard of this? Yes, I'm sure. He, Nick has, buys every Okay, well, brand. there's this brand new flavor. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. And guys, by the way, this is not a paid <gasps> ad. We're just giving free love right no, now. This is just um, life. It's like chocolate peanut butter. It is probably the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. And I mean, look at me. I've had a lot of ice cream. So... Nick uh, needs to try that ASAP, and I need a I need a full report back by next Monday. By next okay, Monday. he is an ice cream connoisseur. This I, I'm not exaggerating. This man eats ice cream every night. He's like my <laughs> grandfather. My grandpa eats ice cream in bed every night. Goals. I mean, honestly. I mean, goals. Yeah, yeah. What else could you want? Shout out because I know Grandma right. listens to all the pods. She she's nodding her head like, uh huh. <laughs> right. I know you married your grandfather, which is kind of weird. Okay, Mac. Let's talk about this week at ACC football. First of all, you and the crew are going to be up in Blacksburg. Are you pumped? I cannot wait, KG. I'm actually going to be headed there. If you guys are listening to this on Friday, I'm on the way right now. Um, (laughs) I'm leaving tomorrow morning, which is Friday. Cannot wait to be up there. I've never been to Blacksburg for a game, to to Lane Stadium for an actual game. I visited there before, uh, you know, on an unofficial visit. But, man, I am super jacked up. And it's probably going to be a little rainy, so I might get like 2015 mm. Notre Dame flood game vibes. Uh, but it's funny that they're playing Notre Dame, and it's in the rain. So it's like it's very Clemson 2015 for me right now. And you know, hopefully that it'll deliver just like that game did. I can't wait. And you, KG, are actually headed to the great country of Dallas, of Texas. Where, <laughs> where's the actual game? Excuse me for my ignorance. It's it in, is in Dallas. Dallas. Okay, yeah. I was right. I was right. Okay. Um, you grew up a Texas fan. You're you're going to watch Texas Oklahoma, but you gotta get an unplug, right? I mean, you get to just totally like it's not gonna break your heart oh, if yeah. Texas loses. No, 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 no. I I'm very excited to go to a game where I truly don't care. It's nice. It's nice because uh 
there's been some stress as of late. Let's put it that way. <laughs> But it's exciting. I know a lot of these ACC games will be going on, but a lot of them are later because this OU Texas game is 11 a.m. start time, local time. So after that, I'll get some nice couch time, That's watch right. some games, and catch up on Come what on. I missed. But I'm very excited. And here's the thing, Mac. I grew up a Texas fan, and my dad kind of laughs at me when I say this because he's like, okay, you're being <laughs> a little dramatic. But I'm oh, this, this is going to sound bad, and this is disrespectful to my grandpa, who's probably eating ice cream as we speak, who has a, been a longhorn for 80 years. I'm just over what they did. I, I judge them. I oh, judge switching them over? Oh, yeah. Greedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and just starting all of this. And I don't really blame OU. I think Texas called OU and said, get in, loser. We're going in, to loser. the SEC. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I assume that's what happened. And I just think they're completely out for themselves and out for money. And I think they're completely screwing over TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, all those schools. So I was still kind of root for Texas, but since then, Dang, I'm out. Man. I don't care. I really don't care. I It's yeah, just like it goes against it. my principles, Mac. And then, of course, my dad goes, well, what if Clemson had done the same thing? And I'm like, he said, um, he, he said that in past tense, wouldn't. like it's not a future possibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's he was right. just trying to That's call right. me out on my hypocrisy, but I just, I, get it. I don't care. And it, it, hopefully you know? it will be. Hopefully it will be. Um, how about game day? Getting a couple of nooners in a row. I guess this one, 11 o'clock. I think that's the third week in yeah. a row for those guys. So I know, uh, Herbie that's and the early. boys are, are probably excited. They get to sit back and just watch college football all day long. That, that's yeah, got to you know how early they got to wake up. <laughs> right, right. Probably five, maybe four AM just to get rolling. Um, that's going to be a fun game. So let's get into this week, let's KG. It. It's a it's a short week, but it's a good week. There's some really quality games kind of within this Saturday slate. Oh, there there are. And we've got a lot of bye weeks, so quite a few teams are off and resting. Let's get to the we only have five games in the ACC. So four of them are on our big four breakdown. I'm sorry, Georgia Tech and Duke. I didn't put you on there, but we're going to talk about you in the speed round. You can't hide. We will talk about you. So I went down uh, chronologically here in terms of what's going on throughout the day. So let's start with Virginia at Louisville. Louisville's a two and a half point favorite at home. This is three o'clock on ACCN. This is a quarterback battle. Mac, I'm going to hit you with these two stats from our guy, Brian Ives, and then we'll discuss. Malik Cunningham has 10 rushing touchdowns on the year as a quarterback. Second in FBS. Lamar Jackson's ACC single season record is 21. He's on pace to break that. On the other side, Brennan Armstrong has thrown for nearly 2,000 yards so far this season, which is crazy. And he leads the ACC second in all of FBS. He is currently on pace to beat Deshaun Watson's record of 4,593 passing yards in a single season. And Deshaun did it in 15 games. So we have two prolific quarterbacks facing off in this game, Mac. That is baffling to hear that for starters. Um, but it just goes to show you this conference of quarterbacks. We talked about it with EJ on Wednesday. I mean, we knew that this season had the possibility of, of being this, and that's exactly what it's turning out to be. Now, it hasn't necessarily translated to, to great wins. Like maybe you would have hoped to see, okay, this great quarterback play uh, be able to beat Ole Miss, but they had a great quarterback of their own. And and same thing for UVA, you know, sitting with a couple of losses and, and Virginia as well, or Louisville as well, excuse me. Um, but it's fun to watch. I, I cannot wait to see these two battle it out. Hopefully it's it's a very similar, you know, North Carolina, Virginia vibe type game where it's just 
points, 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 Are you rooting yards for all 50 over the plus place. on each side? Yeah, easily, easily. I mean, I want to see all the I mean, the the over under the last time I looked at it was 69 and a yeah. half. So let's let's just hit it hit the over hard. <laughs> let's go for 70 plus and uh yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it. When you look at Louisville, I think what's going to be interesting is how are they going to want to really attack? Like I know Cunningham has ran the ball extremely well, but UVA's past defense has, has been really bad. You know, can they take advantage of that and just blow the top off of this defense and, you know, have a ton of yards? You know, similar to what we saw from, you know, Boston College when they played Missouri and they said, hey, we're just going to run the ball. And they ran for a season high, a career high for the Halfley team there. You know, can Louisville do that to Virginia where they just throw it for 400 plus yards? I think that would be really cool to see. And then for UVA, you know, what can Brennan do? You know, can can he kind of bounce back from? <laughs> Wheel him out I would there. say his worst, right? Wheel him out there uh, from like you know is probably his worst performance. That's not an opinion. That's a fact um, against Miami and and get back on track. Can he bounce back to you know averaging three ninety four four hundred yards a game? And and it, I think that's what it's going to take honestly to to win this game. Here's the kicker for me. I thought Louisville's defense actually looked pretty good against Wake Forest. They kept Louisville in the game. I know, you know, to say they held Wake to 37, oh my gosh, but Wake is a prolific offense. And when you look at both sides of the ball, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Louisville has the better defense. Neither of these defenses is great. And, you know, do give UVA credit. They did hold Miami under 30 points, barely, but Miami had no idea what they were doing in the first half with their freshman quarterback. So I think when you have Louisville at home and you have Louisville's defense, that's partly why I'm leaning Louisville. Do you feel like it might come down to which defense can get one or two stops, Mac? Yeah, I, I think no question. And really, I would even take it a step further and say that it's turnovers. Like not a, not a stop, but a, a true kind of momentum swing. You know, if you punt the ball away, you might go three and out, you punt the wall away. It, it doesn't feel like you lost too much momentum. But if you get a pick or if you get a, a big fumble, uh, that hurts. And that you feel that and you feel kind of the swing in momentum there. So can a team do that? And I think if they can, got a great shot. So I'm excited to see this, excited to see this matchup. Um, one other really key piece to look at is is just how Virginia has struggled on the road. You know, I think that that is something, yes. especially uh, in, in the past couple of years, it has been really tough for them to go away from Charlottesville and to perform at all. So, you know, what are they able to do? Are they Are they able to kind of break that curse um, and we'll see moving forward. So it's it's going to be a great matchup. I actually think the number's kind of low. Like, I think Louisville minus two and a half, I'm kind of giving away my pick here, is the move because your average person, if you didn't watch Louisville Wake, you think, oh, okay, Louisville came up short on the road. Louisville played really well in that game, and they played toe-to-toe with Wake. So that's where I'm leaning. But I, I don't want to give my pick right away, Mac. <laughs> give me your keys for this game. Yeah. I gave way too that's much. Right. I've said too I, much. I've said too much. I got to go. I, I think when you look at Louisville, it, it's exactly what I kind of started here with. You know, take advantage of that poor UVA pass defense. I, I think you can get the run going when you want to, but, you know, you, you should really be able to do what you want in the passing game. And, and are they able to capitalize? I think that'll be very telling of Louisville moving forward just how far and, and how well we can see this offense click. For UVA, it's kind of what we were just talking about the defense. you got to protect the football. I think Louisville is going to be trying to strip that ball every time they can and then force you know some turnovers through the, through the air and get some interceptions. They have a great 
defensive backfield. Uh, Kid Charles Clark has been playing so well. It's been really fun to watch him. He's going to probably be on an island more often than not. So can UVA just protect that ball, do the offense as efficiently, and, and be that offense that we've seen time and time again? And this should be a barn burner. How about you? What, what's Give me Kelly's keys. Haha. Well, I only have one every game, and it's generally kind of an off-the-beaten-path key because Matt gives you the keys that really <laughs> matter, like the actual, okay, this is what needs to happen. And you mentioned it earlier, Mac, but UVA has been so bad on the road. Just terrible. Now, they did just win at Miami, and that was exciting for them. That was brand-new territory for Virginia. But when you add that, and then you, f- you also add the fact that Louisville, Louisville looks like a different team when they play at home. They just feel so much better about themselves when they play at home. And I think this is a team, even though they're coming off a loss, when you look at their record, they're 3-2, and two, win today, or win on Saturday, possibly 4-2. and two. I think you're definitely getting some votes. I think you will see some fan support for Louisville. So the atmosphere in Louisville and Virginia just struggling on the road, that's my key. That's right. Come on. I- I'm digging that. I gave away so much. I gave away so much. <laughs> I wonder which way there. she's going, guys. I wonder. We're supposed to save it for the pigs, Kelly. <laughs> Stupid. Okay, Mac, on to our next game. This game, okay, it's October. It's spooky season. This is spooky. This game spooks me. You've got a black team versus an orange team. Spooky, spooky. And I'm worried about Wake. I'm worried about number 19 Wake Forest on the road at Syracuse. Wake is a six-point favorite. Syracuse, again, if you didn't watch the game, and I'm not talking about you, Mac. I'm just talking about Vegas or whatever. You're thinking, okay, Syracuse lost to Florida State. But I think Syracuse gained some confidence. I don't know if you should be gaining confidence against FSU, but I think they did gain confidence in that game. And Schrader played really well. Wake going on the road. Syracuse can really run it. Should I be concerned for uh, Wake? I'm with you. I I don't know if I'm going to sit here and call this a trap game, but a Mm. sneaky, spooky game. I like that. And and I think spooky Spooky. is the way I'm going to go all weekend with this. I, I think that's exactly what it is especially being in that carrier dome weird things have happened there and uh you know i think what you just said about you know the the confidence from a week ago i think you're really confident in schrader i mean what you saw from him yeah. and, and his ability to lead his ability to create with his legs and and you know being serviceable with his arm anytime you're under 200 yards you're not looking at that as whoa big time performance but did enough to keep them right in this thing and, and you know just Clearly came up a little short. A field goal, you know, really, you know, was the difference in that game. But I think you're feeling okay. You're like, man, we okay, now we have something more than just Sean Tucker. And, you know, consistency clearly going to be a question. Can offensively we produce similar to that against Wake? Because they have a really good defense as well. Um, I think when you're looking at Syracuse's defense, they're going to provide, you know, some unique challenges. You know, they they are doing really well at getting after the quarterback. They're doing really well at creating turnovers. Um, so what does that look like? I think Wake Forest's offensive line is a little bit better. So is Syracuse able to get and, and create any type of pressure? That'll be interesting to see. And then to just defensive back-wise, you know, those guys are going to be competing every throw. So is Wake Forest going to have to thread the needle and really have some tight-knit window throws? And is Sam able to do that? Um, I think that's what we're going to see with Wake. Man, you, you've got one of the most balanced teams in the country and with how they run and throw the ball offensively, how they are so good on special teams, they're not going to make mistakes. You have one of the best kickers in the country. And then a defense that we thought at the beginning of the season was the biggest question mark. You know, what are these guys going to be? And they've stepped up big time 
to the plate and really played well. So I think the fact that they can create turnovers themselves, they can really line up with anybody. I mentioned linebacker play time and time again. Those guys are going to have to play well. Um, this one's going to be a little closer than I think people think, and maybe maybe even uncomfortable is the better word. I think this game is going to be uncomfortable for Wake Forest, number 19 in the country, looking to stay undefeated. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if there's a little pressure externally on Wake Forest in this game, KG. It's going to be close. And part of that is, let's give Syracuse credit, they're better. They, they are looking a lot better than last year, and I've said this on previous pods, but I give Dino Babers credit for adapting to his personnel. Now, the other thing is, Syracuse offensively is is literally a two-man team. Yes. So yes. you got to find a way to slow down Sean and Schrader. Sean Tucker, <laughs> Garrett Schrader. Sean Tucker's third nationally, first in the ACC with 638 rushing yards. He's also their leading receiver. He does everything. And then Schrader had a, uh, a buck 50 passing, 137 rushing versus Florida State. It's two dudes, Mac. Like, you, you feel like Wake, whose defense has forced turnovers and has looked pretty good, is going to be able to slow them down. But Malik Cunningham, who is very mobile, played really well against Wake's defense last week. He did. And, and so I'm going to go right into my keys to the game because you're kind of you're, you're throwing the lob for me here, KG, so I have to go get it. <laughs> That's what we do. If Yes, right. If you are Wake Forest, you have to sell out to stop the run. Like, I'm talking about go man-to-man mm-hmm. across the board, load up the box and say, hey, Schrader, Beat us with your arm. Let me see it. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. That, that's what they're going to be saying. And so I, I want to see. You suddenly became a New York mobster. That's right. That's right. I, I, You're not that guy. <laughs> I want. That's what I need to see from him because I don't think he can do it. I, I don't think he can beat you with his arm. And, and if you're, you know, putting Sean Tucker in in stall out mode, if, if Schrader can't get anywhere going because you have seven, eight men in the box, I mean, let's throw everything out the window and just throw that at him and see what happens. Now. Things get a little weird when you're doing man-to-man. If you got a linebacker on a great running back like Sean, and as you mentioned, that's their leading rusher, guess what? If you do a little swing pass, get him out in space, and then it's one-on-one, I mean, everybody else's heads are going to be turned. They're going to be focused on their assignment. We look up, Sean Tucker, 60 yards downfield for a touchdown. So you have to play very sound. You have to understand there are weaknesses to doing that. But just what we've seen from Syracuse, the key to the game for Wake Forest, I think, is going to be selling out stopping the run. If you're Syracuse, mm-hmm. you have to understand, okay, that's probably what Wake Forest is going to do. Feed him anyway. Give Sean the ball over and Ooh. over again. Make him prove uh, that that he's that good of a player or make him disprove that they can stop him. And, and I think what a, a great thing, if you can do it by feeding Sean Tucker, is you control the clock, Kelly. So you're, you're making that offense get anxious if you're able to convert on first downs, pick up yards, to now where Wake Forest gets the ball, they're like, oh my gosh, we have to score. We have to score touchdowns. And so I, I think that that can get you you know, kind of fired up and, and ready to go. So those are my two keys for these guys. And, and really, I mean, it, it's a super attainable thing for, I think, each of them. This is going to be a fun game. It's spooky. It's uh, sneaky fun. I'm excited about this one. My key, it has to do with Sam Hartman. And by the way, it was just funny because I was looking at the, the game cast for this game. And you've got Garrett Schrader, who in his profile picture looks homeless. And then you've got <laughs> Sam Hartman, who looks like he could be on TV. I mean, let's just let's GQ, say GQ it, Mac. Model. I mean, he's yeah, a yeah. very good-looking young man. That's right. That sounds – I mean, I'm not that much older. It's not that – it's not weird. So I just love that matchup. Like two very different-looking quarterbacks. And they get it done 
in different ways. But here's, yeah, Max embarrassed now. Mac, you can say it. Sam Hartman is good looking. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just thinking of the homeless guy versus the GQ model. Like, who's going to win that? <laughs> That's battle? what this is. That's right. That's, That's what, what this is. <laughs> you know, like every six year old boy goes as a hobo for Halloween. That's this is Garrett Schrader. That's right. <laughs> no offense, Garrett, but that's kind of your look. It's your thing. Here's my key. Sam Hartman, when you look at his play last year, he was really good at times, but then in the games they lost, in the games in which they really struggled, he had some interception issues, and he threw that pick against Louisville last week that got Louisville back in the game. And that's my concern for Wake is because Syracuse can run the ball, if you turn it over, they're going to be able to control the clock, control the game. So I would just keep an eye, especially against that defense and those linebackers. Sam Hartman's interceptions, better keep it to singular. I think you can get away with one. But if you have multiple, I worry about Wake. That's how I could see this game getting very spooky. I agree. I agree. And again, that dome is a weird place to play. And that ball, as you have mentioned many times, is not round. It bounces <laughs> very strange ways. So could we see a true spooky game in this one? Spooky. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, Mac. You have any, do you have any spooky here. sounds on that board of yours over there? Do you have oh, any Oh, yeah. Like, do weird... I have any spooky sounds? I don't know. I don't know. We can take a little pause while you look oh, for that. Oh, let's see. Here, Mac. I found one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that was me. I did that. <laughs> I fooled you all. I fooled you all. All right. Okay. Let's talk about our next game here in the Big Four Breakdown, Mac. Florida State at North Carolina. 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. UNC is a 17 and a half point favorite. That's a big number. Speaking of Max, Mac Brown has never beat Florida never, State. Never, 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 ever, 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 ever. Oh, wow. Effects, sound, got, we're getting real I've with got the sound, sound effects, effects on my side, too. Did you know that? I love it. I love it. However, what he has on his side this year is that UNC is playing at home and they are literally a different football team when they get to play at home. There's no question. That, that, that this is the year. I mean, you, you've got to do it, Mac. You've got to take advantage. And you know, it was interesting when we were talking to him, when we were in, at, up at Carolina um, and just talking about Virginia, because he, he couldn't be Virginia either. We were just like, man, you know, do, do you think about that? Do you get it done? And uh, he was like, you know, I, I don't care about those things. He cares about this one. I guarantee you that he does. And this mm -hmm. is probably honestly the, the best year to do it. So Let's go out. Let's figure it out. You know, Sam Howell, as we mentioned, a different guy at home uh, ha has shown us that, okay, there's really special things that he is able to do, but, you know, he'll make some of those mistakes. And, and you can't do that against this team, especially a Florida State team that just seems to thrive off of, you know, opportunity. And when things are going good, they're going good. When they're going bad, they're, they're going really bad. So I think that this is a team and, you know, for UNC that if you give them opportunities, if you let them hang around, it's going to be a long Saturday, and it's going to be an uncomfortable, kind of similar to the last game, an uncomfortable Saturday for you. So, you know, really just be the offense that we know you are. Really lean into Sam Howell, lean into Josh Downs, and say, okay, everybody else, just fill in the gaps. Just just play your part, do your job, and let's go. I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Don't turn the ball over. Don't just give them extra life. Uh, and, and then defensively, it's kind of similar to, to honestly, with, with what they're going to have to do to Syracuse, Wake Forest, and that's sell out to stop the run. I don't think there's any question that you know FSU is going to try to get Corbin involved, and then, of course, their quarterback, Jordan Travis, they're going to run him. He, he did a great job against Syracuse a week ago. Really, I mean, if, if he doesn't play, they don't win that game. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. And, and so just 
Can they replicate that, and can UNC stop it? Another thing that I'm interested in looking at with this FSU team is is just how how do we play after a win? Okay, we we finally got one. We're in the W column. Are are we right. you know kind of reborn? Are we excited and, and jacked up uh, about this season, or is it going to be more than the same? They only have two ACC losses, Kelly. There was a year where we saw a Pittsburgh team. I think have three or four losses and somehow ended up in the championship. So it's not crazy to say that there's some goals that are still out there. That's true. But they're probably they're probably not. So you know, <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see the, just the motivation, the excitement from Florida State and, and how they're going to look on Saturday. Let me ask you this question because I felt like, and I asked this to EJ, and EJ was a little too humble for my liking when he answered this question. I hate when our guests are humble. Like we have you on because you're you're a big deal. So yeah, be um, a big deal. Like That's cool. <laughs> EJ was awesome though, for real. Go back and listen to that. But you know that that Keenan's going to be sold out, and people are going to be hyped up because it's Florida State, and Mac Brown hasn't beaten Florida State. And as bad as Florida State is, they are still a brand. Mac, for you, you were when you were at Clemson, you played some really good FSU teams. So the brand. And the Seminole on the, hel- on the helmet was something that, that was intimidating. Do you think that is a thing for UNC? Because that's, on- that's one of the only ways I can explain how they got down 24 nothing last year. Do you feel like that's kind of a complex that these players, and maybe, I'm not saying Mac Brown's intimidated, but he hasn't beaten them. Is that something that players at UNC still feel when they see the Seminole helmet coming in? I, I think it's more so just like, can we get over this hump? Can we do it? I don't yeah. know if it's more of the of the you know like physical fear, like it probably was in your past, where their guys are just so good, they're they're so strong, they're so fast, they're so big. You know, there's nothing we can do. I think this one is just like, oh man, here we go again. You know, can, can we do it? Can we do it? And, and I think they're they've probably heard that question a ton. You know, you talk about players who are available to the media. I'm sure Sam Howell has. If they're on social media, surely they see it all the time. That man, you you just you can't do it. Coach Mac Brown led teams can't get it done. Not going to be any different this time. So I'm sure there's that kind of that that feeling, and, and just you know, can they see past it? Can they say, look, we are clearly the more dominant team. If we handle business, this should be an easy win. Um, but right. I think that history is just it's going to be there a little bit, and uh, certainly something that they think about. But man, you, you've got to just you got to get over that, and you've got to say, hey, the, we're the Tar Heels. We're, we're here to play, and uh, we're going to punch you right in the mouth. If they lose again, I'm declaring that it's a complex. I think it's, yeah. it's something mental because there's <laughs> no reason why they should lose this game. So speaking of that, Mac, give us your keys. Keys to the game for UNC, protect the ball. Clearly, that was yeah. what hurt them so bad a year ago. You throw a pick six, you fumble, give the ball up to these guys in great field position. It's hard to overcome that. And, and then, of course, it just snowballs onto you. So protect the ball. UNC, and I, I think you win this one easily. For FSU, ride that one-two punch of Travis and Corbin. I mean, 30-plus rushes, those two combined. I, I really want to see Corbin get the majority of those, but you know, Travis is such a special runner, you, you have to get him involved as well. So you know, maybe 40-plus maybe is the number. I, both of those guys have to have their ball in their hand and you know, be able to make things happen and be able to create. FSU just played a two-man team in Schrader and Tucker, and I low-key think they need to do that. Like, Jordan Travis and Corbin are your two best players. They are both incredibly efficient on the ground. Travis is electric. He's going to make plays. Obviously, you still want to have the, the threat of passing the ball, but Syracuse showed you what to do. Like, just ride the run game. I think that's what FSU needs to do. My random key here, my Kelly's key, 
When you look at UNC's two losses and even look back at the FSU loss last year, the main thing that you can see in both the Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech games is early on, UNC was playing from behind. And I think when they are playing from behind, Sam Howell feels the need to do more and force more. And that's how you get some of these fumbles and these bad decisions. So when you get off to a good start, I almost feel like whenever UNC gets off to a good start, they're not going to lose. Like, because Sam Howell is so comfortable and that offense is so explosive. But if they get behind early, it feels like he tries too hard, tries to force things. So that's my key for UNC, especially at home. You've got to get up early because when you get down early, it seems like you just can't overcome that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think we've saw that time and time again from them last season, this season. Uh, you know, slow starts are recipe for disaster. And, and there's a difference between slow start and winning and slow starts and losing or, or losing considerably, like 14 plus points. So there is a difference there. And, and when UNC is faced with that mountain, it's just hard for them to respond accordingly. Well, and part of it is if you start slowly, but your defense can hold up, and you're down by a touchdown, or it's 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, you're fine. But if you start slowly and your defense can't hold up, that's where UNC falls into trouble. All right, Mac, our final game of the Big Four here. This is exciting. This is the game that the huddle crew is going to be at. Number 14, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. This spread is even. If the spread tells you anything, it tells you that Notre Dame should not be ranked number 14 in the country. 7.30 p.m. on ACC Network. Notre Dame has won 20 straight regular season games against ACC teams. The last loss was to Coach Mark Richt, a 41-8 thumping by Miami in 2017. Notre Dame is also out here playing three quarterbacks. Virginia Tech had a bye week, so they've had a long time to prepare. What are your thoughts on this, Mac? I like the spread, first of all. I, I like the number. I like the over-under. I'm going hard on the under. We'll talk about that again okay. in, a, in a little bit here. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a matchup that Virginia Tech can take advantage of. I'll start with Notre Dame here. When, when you look at this team, you see Kyron Williams, you see Chris Tyree, you think, man, that's going to be one of the best backfields in college football, especially, especially if you've seen the history, if you've seen what those two have been able to do in their first couple of years together. Um, you're feeling really good. They are averaging 82 yards per game. It's crazy. It's bizarre. It makes no sense. And I know they lost – Four offensive linemen. I know they have a new quarterback. I know every receiver's gone, but those two guys should be a bright spot, and and they just haven't been. They aren't, and it, it's crazy to look at. And I think that's something that Virginia Tech's really going to hone in on. The other thing that's very interesting: yeah. Jack Cohn has been sacked twenty times as a team. They've given up twenty-two sacks. That is third worst in all of FBS. I think it's first or tied for last for for Power Five. So. It is not good. And if you remember that first Virginia Tech game against North Carolina, they were able to sack Sam Howe like a billion times. They, they got after yep. him. UNC, by the way, is tied with Notre Dame. Hey, hey, hey. We, we didn't have to bring that up. Mark. We didn't have to tell anybody. <laughs> well, it, I mean, Virginia Tech had a bunch of success they against did. UNC, so they did. hey. And it, what, another kind of weird sack stat here is that Notre Dame, any time that they are playing a Power 5 team, they give up a minimum of four sacks. So – You've got oh to think gosh. that Virginia Tech is really going to be honing in on that. And it's not, Kelly, it's not like the teams are overloading the offensive line or blitzing them like crazy. I mean, it is just guys missing assignments, not doing the right thing, and getting beat and, and losing. And so these teams have been able to take advantage of it, been able to get home, 
And unfortunately, that has caused real problems and probably why that rushing number, honestly, is the way it is because for whatever reason, a sack equals loss of rushing yards. Um, so it, it's really remarkable. It's really stupid, by the <laughs> yeah. way. It's really remarkable when you just see this team and and how are they going to be able to perform. So you think, hey, Virginia Tech, you've got to take advantage of that. You've got to be able to make them a one-dimensional team, cut away the running, and then make them pass and then go, hey, pin your ears back, go get them and make them figure it out. When you look at Virginia Tech's offense, KG, it's just – it's. That's right, because you, you, your hard. eyes are hurt, your brain It'll will hurt. hurt your eyes. It's, it's suspect, to say the least. You've got some injuries on the offensive line. You've got a weird quarterback thing that we do where we bring in a guy for one play, he throws a pick, and then we get on the goal line, and we have a running quarterback, but we bring in another running quarterback because we like his long hair better. Um, I don't know what to make of the Virginia Tech offense. It's inconsistent. It's everything that we thought preseason it would be. Um, and they're they're kind of struggling to find an identity. I mean, they're averaging no James Mitchell, which hurts even more. So so a year ago, they were averaging 200 yards passing, 240, I believe, rushing. This year, they're averaging 190 passing, 140 rushing. So they cut by 100 and lost in the passing, which we said you have to flip it. You've got to go 240, 200, and they're not able to do either. So you know, Notre Dame is going to be able to take advantage of them as well defensively. I mean, this might be like nine to two. This might be a nine to two game. It might be. Yeah. And and that safety will be very exciting to score some points for whichever team is scoring two. <laughs> You're right, Mac. And, and we said that they would miss Khalil Herbert tremendously. And they do. I mean, he did everything for them and they haven't been able to replace him. But when you look at the running backs, you know, Kyron Williams is supposed to be that dude and he hasn't been able to get going. For Notre Dame. I just have a lot of questions about Notre Dame at the quarterback position. It, it's going to be that Cincinnati game was odd. They benched Cone early, but apparently he's also a little injured. They brought in two other guys and they each had some bright moments. And it's interesting, too, because they lost to Cincinnati. But when you look at that game, they threw two picks early and they muffed a kickoff on their own 10, gave Cincinnati the ball. So if they can take care of the football better and if they can run it, that's the key. That's the key to me. If Kyron Williams can run the ball at all, like 75 yards or more, I think Notre Dame wins it. But Virginia Tech has also been one of the better tackling teams in the ACC. They don't beat themselves. They don't commit penalties. It's going to be a slugfest. It's just going to be ugly. And I think it'll be interesting for Notre Dame. Which quarterback do they go with? Do they pick? With, do they stick with one? Or are they still rotating these guys? During this game, because I don't think that's going to be a recipe for success, especially with how loud Lane Stadium yeah. is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And, and I think it's going to be kind of a game within a game to see, number one, who plays, how long do they play? Uh, do they get benched? Because mentally, you mess with quarterbacks, that, that can that can be a future problem uh, that, that it doesn't seem like you're ready to deal with. Uh, another matchup kind of game within the game, after those sacks starting hurrying, I can guarantee you there will be multiple you know, do these guys start seeing ghosts? And, and do they try to get the ball out quicker? And then guys like Jermaine Waller, Jamari Connors, Dax Holyfield, are they able to get their hands on the football, create turnovers, and then you've got a recipe for disaster? I mean, yeah, they do. They If Virginia Tech wants to score and score a lot. So I can't wait to, for this game. Cannot wait to be live at it. It's going to be so much fun. There is a little rain. And when I say a little, I mean a freaking lot in the forecast. So I'm bringing my <laughs> rain jacket, maybe some galoshes, if you will, some rain boots. 
Oh, oh. I don't have any. They don't make size 15 galoshes, I don't think, sadly. I don't they know. Don't? I mean, if anybody listening can send a link and I can get some by uh, tonight, <laughs> then please, please, by, by, by before now? this episode is actually released, then that'd be great. Um, but let's talk about keys. When, when I look at Virginia Tech, both of my keys are on the defensive side of the ball, by the way. When you look at Virginia Tech, I, I mm, mentioned that is new. That's it's new kind of, for us. It's weird territory. I don't like the way it feels. Um, Virginia Tech, get after Jack Cohn, get after whoever the heck is playing quarterback and make them uncomfortable. You have to create sacks. You have to create opportunities. And really, you know, a guy that I want to see have kind of a breakout game is Amari Barno. You know, we, we had so much excitement about him going into this season. And, you know, we did kind of this over-under number, KG, on the huddle going into the year. Over-under, you know, what will his tackles for loss be? And I think he had 19 and a half a year ago. And I said, guys, it's going to be under because everybody's going to double team him. Everybody's going to know where he is and he's going to be identified. He's at one and a half sacks right now in four games. Need to see that production go up. Um, and then for Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton, if you haven't heard about him, you're going to find out really quickly. He has to be an absolute force. I think that he is going to have to have a kind of career type day, KG, um, kind of a Heisman moment, if you will. For a defender, um, I mean multiple. Oh, right. Like I mean the multiple interceptions. In just, I mean that Tallahassee game. That that's the effort that he's going to have to have. He, he's going to have to do that same type yeah. of thing. Make things happen. Uh, prevent touchdowns. Create turnovers. Uh, he's that good. He, he's the best safety in the country, and he's got to play like it in Blacksburg. This game is really difficult to pick. I keep going back and forth. My random key, kind of two things. One, number one is enter Sandman. I think this place is going to be absolutely rocking, just like it was against North Carolina. I'm really jealous of this home schedule that Virginia Tech fans are getting. You get UNC, who was ranked at the time. You get Notre Dame, who is ranked. And then next week, you get Pittsburgh at home, who probably should be ranked. So Hopefully will be ranked. Three, yeah, three most likely ranked teams that you're getting to play at home and see and, and, and games where your team really needs you, which is really the most fun part as a fan. And then the other thing, Mac, the other key for me is Michael Mayer for Notre Dame. How healthy is he? How healthy is he? He's their leading receiver. And if he is not, because he he got up, he pulled up a little gimpy against Cincinnati. Brian Kelly's saying he should be able to play, but how effective is he? That's if he's good to go, I think Notre Dame, like if he plays like he has, Notre Dame probably wins, but I just don't know. Kelly's just tipping her hand all over the place. Yeah, I have the worst poker face. Since you want to keep doing that, KG. And before we get to the speed round, let's get to our freaking Seaside Grown Fresh yes. Picks of the Week. Come on, KG. Let's go. Seaside Grown, we love these guys. They're going to help you get ready for game day for your tailgate. Start your tailgate off right with Seaside's Bloody Mary Mix. Each jar of their award-winning Bloody Mary Mix is packed with two pounds of the family's fresh-grown tomatoes. They have been doing this for 120 years in South Carolina's low country, family-owned, sustainable farming and I love their barbecue sauces, their salsa. Their salsa is really underrated. Grab some of that salsa, seasidegrown.com. It is delicious. And the peach bourbon barbecue sauce, I could go on and on, but they will have you ready for game day. <laughs> Come on. There are a ton of things, Kelly, that, that set Seaside apart. Um, you know, the people, number one, they're great folks. And you love talking with them. You love seeing the history. Uh, the other is from their Bloody Mary mixes how fresh they are. It's amazing to see. They literally pick the tomatoes and then within 24 hours, they bottle them, label them, and then ship them for your enjoyment. It's 
unbelievable. And there's not many other manufacturers that can tell you where their products come from. All the while, Seaside Grown can tell you down to the acre where their tomatoes were jarred, where they're grown. They can get it down to the acres, guys. It's really impressive. Do yourself a favor. Go to SeasideGrown.com. Browse their amazing 19 true field-to-glass products. And when you've loaded up your cart and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15 to save 15% on your entire order. Max, speaking of picking tomatoes, let's pick some college football games. Come on. Go. You had a 4-0 week last week. I went 3-1. That's right. That doesn't mean say, say that one more time. Say you were 4-0. You were great. Yeah. We're let's actually go. both tied on the year. We're 11-9. and nine. Are we? We're both we're tied. Oh, all right. I've tied you. I'm one down to Coach Rick. This is a new you're Eric McLean you're talking you're to doing right it. now. Until this week. Okay. Virginia <laughs> at Louisville. Louisville's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We're picking these games straight up, but if you have a pick on the other numbers, please do let me know. I, I like the spread here. I, I think two-and-a-half is is really – it's something that, okay, you feel good, and if you're in a straight pick them, Louisville's got that, right? Because that's under a field goal. You're thinking it's a one-point game, somehow a two-point game. So I'm going Louisville. Um and I think I'm going to go over, KG. I, I really do. I think yeah. a lot of points Ooh. are going to be scored here. Uh, 69 and a half is the over-under. I think it's going to be in the 70s. And ultimately, my reason for this pick, uh, let alone how great Louisville's playing right now, is just UVA on the road. They, they just they can't do it. They got by a really bad Miami team. Honestly, probably should have you know lost that game or been a little closer than it was with the missed field goal. But I'm going the cards right here. I think Louisville is a no-brainer. I would take Louisville minus two and a half. I think Virginia, even though they're coming off a win, like you said, that game they probably should have lost, and Miami is in complete disarray. And they ran the ball a little better against Miami, so they're showing a little more balance, but they struggled on the road. I'm not sure about the over. I think this could be kind of a UVA weight game where UVA lays an egg offensively. We'll see. But I'm taking Louisville. Okay. So we agree on that one. I hear you. I hear Number 19, Wake at Syracuse in this spooky contest. Wake minus six. This one is interesting, but I think okay. Wake is ready. I, I think Wake is ready for the moment. I think Wake is ready to not just be a September Which hero, they always are. And, and really, they always are. I, I think they're ready to take that next step. Um, I'm going to take Wake. I'm going to take the points. And I'm, I'm going to push on the over-under. I, I think that's a good number. I think that, it, that defense is going to be involved. And I think Syracuse is going to try to play keep away. You know, so I don't know if this is going to be quite a high-scoring affair, but really kind of similar game um, in regards to offensive output from Wake as we saw a week ago. I think Wake wins it, but I am not confident because this game is spooky, and my play on the number would be Syracuse plus six. I could see Skiba. Oh, go ahead. Hey, go ahead and pick them. Don't be yeah, scared. Skiba. Don't be no, no, I'm not out. taking him to win. I'm not taking him to win. But I, I'm taking Syracuse plus six. I think Skiba could win this thing at the end. Old Skiba. He, he can kick like that, that thing. That's right. Florida State at North Carolina. North Carolina minus 17 and a half, Mac. I am taking FSU and the points. That's it. I was that's the say, only to way. Cover. No, that's it. I, are you kidding me? I'm not picking these fools. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I am taking North Carolina. I, I think that they're finally going to get over the hump. I think they're finally going to break the curse, if you will. Um, over under, I'm probably going to go under there as well. So I'm taking Florida State points, taking the under. But straight up, I think North Carolina gets the dub. I'm not touching the spread. To me, this is a classic UNC gets out early, blows out FSU. I'm taking North Carolina. You say a like classic. Has that happened before, though? Has that ever happened? They did that to Duke last week. No, no, no. Yeah, I hear you. But just the opponent. 
FSU. FSU and Duke. I don't I mean, know. I don't, yeah, it's very, very similar. similar. I would take Duke, actually. <laughs> there you go. That's my point. Okay, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. There's not even a spread on this game because it's so even. This game is stressing me out, Mac. What's your pick? Oh, I like that it's stressing you out. I, I am betting the house, the whole house. I don't even own a house. I'm in an apartment right now. But I'm betting <laughs> this house on the under. Take the under, people. Okay, I like Neither that. one of I these like teams that. can score. We saw Notre Dame score once against FSU, and, and we see why. Um, I'm going under hard, and I'm, I'm going with Virginia Tech. I, I truly – maybe this is my ACC blue goggles on, but I think their defense is going to do enough to win the game. And I'm excited, KG, that I'm going to take the lead with this pick. Uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I hate this. If this <laughs> – I hate it here, as Max says – if this game was in South Bend, I would definitely take Notre Dame. I think inner Sandman is a huge factor. I've already picked against Virginia Tech multiple times on our show. One time I was right with West Virginia. One time I was wrong with North Carolina. I just wonder if Virginia Tech can score enough. But they've had a week to prepare with the bye week. Notre Dame doesn't know who their quarterback is. I'm just talking to myself now. Michael Mayer's hurt. <sighs> I'm going to take Notre Dame. Yes. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to yes. do it. All right, Hokie Nation. You can tell All this has hate and me. energy has to be focused in on Kelly this rest this of the week. This has pained Come on. me. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, our final game, Mac, our speed round. Georgia Tech is a four-point favorite at Duke, 12.30 p.m. on RSN. Any thoughts on this one? Big bounce-back game, honestly, for both of these guys. For both? You know, we, we saw Georgia Tech really play well, defense play really well, until they didn't. And, and Kenny Pickett just – I mean, lit up the the world. I mean, he went berserk, which, by the way, Kenny, he's flying up the draft oh, boards, yeah. flying up. Stock is amazing. We're, we're actually going to talk to uh, the Nardus. We're talking to him on Saturday, so tune in the huddle. You can check out that live interview with him. But, yeah, b- big weekend for Georgia Tech, I think. Uh, and then Duke offensively. I mean, they really looked like the Duke of old um, a week ago against North Carolina with turnovers, not being able to get anything going. I think they had about – let me count it up real quick. Uh, 300 three and outs. It was not good. Uh, so those guys, they, they it, it's a bounce back game for the side that's going against each other, right? The Georgia Tech defense, the Duke offense. Uh, you know, what are we going to see? Ultimately, you know, if Duke turns the ball over again, I think Georgia Tech could, you know, really get this thing going. Uh, but it's at Duke. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I, I think this is going to be intriguing of a game. And, and you know, hate that it's not on our network, but if you can catch it somewhere, RSN, whatever that stands for, um, you know, check it out. This is a sneaky good weekend. Every game is a single-digit spread except for North Carolina, Florida State, and you have the mojo with UNC trying to beat FSU. So I'm excited for these games. I can't wait to watch them after OU Texas and then catch up on them on Sunday, Mac. Have a great time in That's Blacksburg. Right. Stay dry. Come on. Thank you. Yeah, well, we're both traveling. We'll both be as safe as we can. Uh, hopefully the weather, like you said, is better for you. Um, oh, it's going to be high in the bring... 90s. Yeah, that's classic, that's fine. That's classic fine. October that's 9th. Fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm going to bring a rowboat with me to kind of get from our <laughs> meeting room to the set back and forth with all Smart. the rain. But guys, thanks for listening. This was another super fun episode. Another great week. We're, we're excited to see kind of you know how this weekend unravels and, and the fun stuff we're going to bring to you guys on Monday. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see y'all.